testosterone. That's why I take Nugenics Total T. I've heard about Nugenics. That really works. Since I started taking Nugenics, I'm lifting like when we played for Coach Carter. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep, send a text. It's that easy. Text BACK to 231231 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. It's the number one selling testosterone-boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now, and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever, absolutely free. Text BACK to 231231. That's BACK to 231231. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Yes, it is, and happy Friday, everyone. Made it. Almost there. Episode 663 here on a Red Friday. Shane and Jack with you the next couple of hours. Here's how you can be a part of the show. Have a little fun with us here on a Friday. Call us. At 316-669-4996. Jack will answer, and then you can talk to me, you can ask me a question. As long as you stay on topic, be glad to hear from you. Text. You don't have to stay on topic. Say whatever you want to on the text line. 316-247-0923. If you do stay on topic on the text line, we'll give you a shout-out, answer your questions, or go along with you, perhaps. If you're at home or anywhere where you have a smart speaker, tell it to play KKGQ 92.3. ESPNWichita.com on the stream. That's where you can listen on your laptop, your computer, your device, your phone. If you're lucky enough at work, crank that up at ESPNWichita.com. Plus, with this being Super Bowl week, um... We have all kinds of audio from Las Vegas. And ESPNWichita.com is a great place to go to either relive or listen to, for the first time, stuff from out there. Be it the Border Patrol, the program with Seren, or the Pulse with Pat, 2 to 4, all that audio. You can find there, plus on our show, uh, social channels, X, Twitter, or Facebook, ESPN Wichita 92.3. All kinds of ways to find all the content that Pat and the gang have rounded up from Radio Row in Las Vegas. But the long and short of it, ESPNWichita.com is your one-stop shop. If you're in the car or you have a transistor radio or a jam box, Tune it to 92.3 FM. Follow us on said X. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It is February 9th, 40th day of the year. And there are 326 days left in 2024. We're headed for a high today of 62 degrees in Wichita. All right, we'll lay out the show for you here in a second. But our Super Bowl coverage that I just mentioned is brought to you by Pinnacle Homes, building your trust. 
Visit them online at remodelerswichita.com. And by our good friends at Davis Liquor Outlet, neighborhood locations at super, uh, superstore prices. Find a location at davislickeroutlet.com. And also, you can save 10% all weekend when you wear your Chiefs gear. So remember that, Chiefs fans, 10% off all weekend when you wear your Chiefs gear, Davis Liquor Outlet. All right, lay out the show for you in a second, but start us off on a Friday, our moment of levity with Jack. Shane, do not walk behind me, for I may not lead. Do not walk ahead of me, for I may not follow. Do not walk me. Do not walk beside me either. Just pretty much leave me the hell alone. Mm-hmm. Dig it. Dig it. February 9, National Pizza Day. Jack? Best pizza joint in Kansas City. Um, I like Minsky's. Minsky's is the correct answer. Yes, National Cut the Cord Day. Break free from those expensive cable bills on February 9th. No one eats alone day. So it's uh, lunchtime. So go eat pizza. National Pizza Day and go with someone. You could kill two birds with one stone. As I mentioned yesterday, it's National Toothache Day. National Bagel and Locks Day is today, too. Uh, 1870, Ulysses S. Grant signs a joint resolution of Congress establishing the U.S. Weather Bureau. 1870. Uh, 1895. William George Morgan invents a game loosely related to the game of badminton. And later, the game would be called volleyball. So the first iteration came along in 1895. Birthdays, Thomas Paine, 1737. Ex-President William Henry Harrison, 1773. Carol King, 1942, and Mia Farrow, 1945. There you go. There's February 9 for you. Here is what you can expect on the show today. First of all, we will have some Chiefs talk. We'll have one last look at what might happen, uh, what might happen this Sunday between the Chiefs and 49ers. And then we will have a couple of segments rolled into one at 12:25. We'll have our Super Bowl look back. My Super Bowl today is Super Bowl 13, one of my first rec- uh, recollections of the Super Bowl. It was between the Cowboys and the Steelers in a 35-31 Pittsburgh victory where there were an ungodly amount of future Hall of Famers in it. And also in that segment, we're going to have our story of the week, brought to you by Far Hall Roofing. So we're going to have basically two and one there because we'll have a special guest in studio around about 1245 or so. It'll be Major League Baseball umpire Todd Tishner, Kansas native, so he'll join us for a couple of segments. We'll also mix in the Wichita Furniture and Mat- uh, Mattress Twitter question. We finally have 
whittled it down to four movies that wouldn't be made today. So we got our final four up there right now at ESPN Wichita. So if you don't want to wait for me to introduce it to you, 1245 or so, go to X slash Twitter, vote, repost. Got the final four up there. Uh, we've also got Lee Sterling coming your way at 125 with some Super Bowl bets and some prop bets. So perk your ears up then for that. I'm old Jack Young at the end of the show, brought to you by Rock and Brews Casino Brayman. Shocker Softball is playing right now down in Texas. They're taking on Stephen F. Austin. Keep you posted on how that one's going. So all kinds of things to get to today. Some segments, Twitter, special guest in studio, Major League Baseball ump Todd Tishner. Uh, Against my better judgment, I'll ask for questions that maybe you want Todd Tishner to answer within reason. And you, like I said, use your best judgment if you want me to ask Todd Tishner a umpiring question. 316-247-0923. He will be dropping by at around 1245. We'll talk to him for a segment or two, see what he's up to. He most recently was the umpire behind the dish, the All-Star game. He's also umpired in six division series three LCSs and one World Series, and a WBC. Todd Tishner will join us end of hour number one. We look forward to that. All right. It is, after all, Red Friday, and we get ready for Chiefs v. 49ers, Super Bowl LVIII, uh, nonstop coverage all week, courtesy of the Pulse and Pat and the program with Saran out on Super Bowl Row in Las Vegas. The game will be at 5.30 on Sunday. And this is a hill that I'm going to continue to die on. We need to move the Super Bowl to Saturday. There, uh, There is a week between the AFC and NFC championship games and the Super Bowl. So moving it up one day isn't going to be detrimental to either team when it comes to getting rested up and ready for the game. They got that whole week. Just move it up a day so none of us have to get up and go to work the day after the Super Bowl. But maybe a story for another time. Uh, The Chiefs injury report, quite important, in that Joe Tooney did not practice yesterday, didn't practice Wednesday either, looking more and more like it's a super long shot for Tooney to play. Nick Allegretti. Played in his place in the AFC Championship game, win over Baltimore. So there's that. Um, Jarek McKinnon was limited. Richie James, Chris Jones, Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco, all full participants. Rasheed Rice limited, but nothing, uh, nothing real, I think, concerning. As far as Rasheed Rice, same goes for George Kittle uh, for the 49ers. He was limited with a toe, but I wouldn't read too much into that either. No real uh, no real glaring injuries for the 49ers. So both teams, as much as you can at this point in the season, will be pretty much loaded for bear and ready to go. You got the Chiefs trying to continue to carve out their niche 
in NFL history. We talked about the dynasty thing a week or so ago and how much further they have to go, the Chiefs, to achieve that status. And then you got the Niners winning revenge from the last time these two teams got together in the Super Bowl, won by Kansas City 31-20. And I would say maybe you've forgotten, but if you're a Chiefs fan, you certainly haven't. 49ers had a double-digit lead late in that game before the Chiefs came storming back to win. Um, But Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the team then, as I know you know. Um, Matter of fact, the last time that they met was McCaffrey's first game as a 49er. He got traded, I think, earlier that week. And so the fact that he showed up and was in uniform is kind of a miracle. He he only played a handful of plays because he just got there. And in that game, back in October of 2022, San Francisco got out hot, had a 10-0 lead, but the Chiefs eventually won the game 44-23, to kind of won that one going away with a couple late touchdowns. And then, of course, Super Bowl 54 featuring Jet Chip Wasp, which you heard yesterday in our stroll down Super Bowl memory lane in which Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill for 44 yards. Kelsey got that touchdown, and then Damian Williams iced it with his touchdown, and Chiefs earned their first Super Bowl title in 50 years. So Red Friday here in south-central Kansas, in Kansas City for sure, as we get ready for yet another Chiefs Super Bowl. And I'll say it again, Jack, it's not that I um, necessarily – remind Chiefs fans of this ad nauseum, don't mean to, but it's not against the rules for Chiefs Kingdom to stop and smell the roses every now and then. And if you're of a certain age, you are not taking this for granted. So hopefully younger Chiefs fans are not taking this for granted because there was a long dry spell, as I mentioned, that 2020 Super Bowl victory is their first one in 50 years. And now it's almost becoming, well, it is becoming commonplace. But I'll ask you, Jack, since you're young, um, you, uh, well, I know how you're going to answer because, you know, you come off sounding like a jerk if you answer to the contrary. But is it hard to not take this for granted because Patrick Mahomes is so great and they're just living in Super Bowls the last five years? I think everybody is taking it for granted and will continue to do so until it's done until it's over, until this doesn't happen anymore. Because that's how things usually uh, go and operate, right? I think you go back to, like, the 90s Cowboys. I think the Cowboys fans that are listening would have a a similar opinion that back in the 90s, you kind of think it's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You think that, you know, you win three in a decade, it's like, well, this is going to be this way forever. You know, back in the 70s, the Cowboys had success. And then you look up, and now it's entering, what, nearly 30 years since their last Super Bowl? You never know when that – window is going to close really we could tell ourselves this window is open as long as Patrick Mahomes is there but we also had thoughts this this regular season where it was like man I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that level of you know elite offense where they're so explosive right and then it's well this team's a first round exit team they're going to lose in the wild card round and then here they are right two road playoff wins against two really tough opponents and they're back there again it's it's not supposed to be this easy. Uh, if it was this easy, then everybody would have dynasties, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, 
we don't know what the future holds. We can say, hey, Patrick Mahomes and this team is going to be much better next year. There's no guarantee you get right back there. So it's about capitalizing on the times you're there. But I, I feel like I've you know, tried to say this a lot is, you know, I'm throwing myself in this category. I absolutely take this for granted. Um, I think a lot of people do because you just don't think too much about it. And the reason is, right, we have things to nitpick about this team throughout the regular season. I also don't think it's the the right thing to do to, like, think everything's all fine and dandy and just because you won the year before. You should never, you know, pinpoint negative parts of a team or, or the problems of a team because this team absolutely had problems. But what they did for the first time is took a very flawed team and got back to a Super Bowl. Not many teams can do that. I mean, we saw with Baltimore. How many times do you think Baltimore fans and Baltimore radio hosts throughout the season were like, this is the team, this is the juggernaut, and then it's, well, they'll beat Kansas City. And also with one eye on Kansas City going, look at how vulnerable they are. (laughs) They see Aiden O'Connell not complete a pass for three quarters and the Raiders win pretty comfortably at Arrowhead Stadium on Christmas. It's like, yeah, there's no way this Chiefs team is coming in. I'm sure Buffalo... When they had won against Miami to win the division that last week of the season, it was like, this is the team of destiny. This is the team to do it. But really, in the 2020s, the only team that's been able to do that of, oh, now we go, now we're going to make that run, has been Chiefs fans. And there is going to come a time. It's just, it's inevitable. There will come a time where it's not going to be one off year where they lose in the AFC title game. It'll be... A year they lose in the wild card round. It'll be a year they lose in the divisional round. But that's not what you need to focus on right now. To the best of our abilities, we have to look at the situation and go, okay, we're in the Super Bowl for another year. The third time in what, four, five years? Five years. That doesn't happen, and especially if you're a franchise mm-hmm. that went 50 years without seeing a Super Bowl. There were many great teams in the 90s. There were great teams under Alex Smith, but you always knew there was a limit. There was something they couldn't, you know, uh, reach. There was always yeah. that ceiling on this team. And lo and behold, the entire time, it was quarterback. It was not having a generational Hall of Famer. And there's not many Hall of Fame or current Hall of Famers in the league right now. Mahomes will be first ballot. And you're you're lucky to hit on that, right? The Chiefs didn't have the number one overall pick and hit on Patrick Mahomes. They had to trade up, and then it still was a gamble. There were people going, I don't understand it. Deshaun Watson was right there. Why do you take a guy that played in the Big 12, which was basically JV defense every single Saturday, and he had a lot of interceptions, threw a lot of touchdowns, but who wouldn't against Big 12 defenses? It all worked out so perfectly. And, yeah, back to kind of tie this up with a bow, you're never fully appreciative of a stretch like this until it's gone. Um, you always think it's going to last forever, and the reality is it never lasts forever. You're not going to win 10 Super Bowls in 10 years as much as you like to. It becomes less and less likely every single year, so you try your best to put on a smile and say, yeah, this is something I'm witnessing that I may never get a chance to witness again. Try to try to put yourself in the 90s Bills fans' shoes. Made it four years in a row, lost them all, and can't get back. Like, if there were ever a license for a fan base to be insufferable from hell, I think it would be Buffalo's. Uh, Cincinnati's fans get grief for, I don't know, whatever. But I think Bill's fans, Bill's Mafia, are among the maybe the thickest-skinned football fans going out there because of what they had to go through 
in the Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly era. You talk about thinking, you know, when will we ever get back again? We're ever going to win one. And what they went through, I that would test even the even the staunchest of football fans. But they're in uh, Chiefs fans anyway are in a good way right now. And another Super Bowl is nearly upon us as it's Red Friday here in Wichita, Red Friday in Northeast Kansas, Kansas City, Mo, all of Chiefs Kingdom as we get ready for Super Bowl 58. Speaking of, more talk throughout the course of this show and the Pulse a little bit later on. But here in a minute, we need to look back at Super Bowls of yesterday, yesteryear. And we go back to when I was a wee lad in 1979. I was eight at the time of this Super Bowl, and I do remember a decent amount of it. It was the Steelers and the Cowboys in Super Bowl thirteen at the Orange Bowl in Miami. We'll review that when we come back. It's courtesy of Mid-America Exteriors. Also, we'll bookend Mid-America Exteriors and Todd Tishner, who's going to drop by, Major League Baseball umpire, with our story of the week, brought to you by Farhaw Roofing. So both of those coming your way next. It's 1220 here on a Red Friday. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. This segment is brought to you by KDOT. As your speedometer creeps up, so does your risk of crashing. Don't try to save time speeding. Save a heartbreak by driving safely and make it there in one piece. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM is broadcasting live from Super Bowl Radio Row in Las Vegas. We'll be interviewing the biggest names in sports and entertainment, plus interviews with your favorite Kansas City Chiefs players and coaches. Super Bowl Radio Row coverage on ESPN Wichita is brought to you by Davis Liquor Outlet, neighborhood locations with superstore prices, and by Pinnacle Homes, building your trust. Visit them at RemodelersWichita.com. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. 
If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-384-9393. That's 800-384-9393. 800-384-9393. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash find. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash find. I got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just gotta say, hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I think I'll make me some home. The great Travis Strip, 61 today. Great day to be alive. Well said, Trap. Hey, they're in the bottom of the fifth down in Texas. Stephen F. Austin in Wichita State doing battle in softball at Huntsville. And Shockers holding a 5-4 to four lead, bottom five, batting with two on and one out. It's about that time. It is that time. Softball and baseball right around the corner as well. Uh, right now, we need to take our fifth and final look at Super Bowls Gone By. Brought to you by MidAmerica Exteriors, your local experts in siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. Save time and money when it comes to your home's next upgrade. Thank you, MidAmerica Exteriors. We hearken back to Super Bowl Thirteen, And before we do, we'll go to the text line. Uh, I was talking in the last segment segment about Chiefs fans taking things for granted. One texter said, definitely not taking it for granted. Watch for decades of, of less than average Chiefs. Love them or hate them, it's our time. Pumped and ready. All caps, let's go Chiefs, 27-24. All right. Thank you, texter. Keep the text coming if you'd like. 316-247-0923. Um, Super Bowl's gone by. Super Bowl 13 was a memorable one for me because growing up, I was, I was a Chiefs fan, but I was also a Cowboys fan. And it was America's team, and it was Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett and Tom Landry. And if not for the hated Pittsburgh Steelers, Cowboys would uh, have even more skins on the wall than they do now. But... Super Bowl 13 at the Orange Bowl in Miami. A really memorable one for me. And for the Orange Bowl, the fifth and final time the Super Bowl was played in that stadium. And it was a comeback for the ages. And honestly, I'm not sure if I was allowed to stay up till the end of it or not because it uh, took a while and the Cowboys came roaring back to try to win the game. That was a, a game that featured a a costly drop by Jackie Smith in the end zone, a long bomb to uh, John Stallworth thrown by Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw had 308 passing yards in that, uh, 318 and four touchdowns, which were both records at the time. But there were 26 combined Hall of Famers that were involved in that game. 
from the front office down to the field. The Steelers had two Roonies, a scout, Chuck Knoll, their coach, and of the players for the Steelers that played in that game, these guys went to the Hall of Fame. Mel Blunt, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Green, Jack Ham, Franco Harris, Jack Lambert, Donnie Schell, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, Mike Webster, who played for the Chiefs for a minute, and Tony Dungy. The Cowboys had Tech Schramm and Gil Brandt, their head coach, Tom Landry, so both coaches made it to the Hall of Fame, along with Tony Dorsett, Cliff Harris, Drew Pearson, Jackie Smith, Roger Staubach, Randy White, and Rayfield Wright. Those guys all went to the Hall of Fame. The game was announced on NBC by Kurt Gowdy, John Brody, and Merlin Olson. And a 30-second Super Bowl commercial back then was $185,000. On CBS Radio is the great Jack Buck and Hank Stram. And a game eventually won by the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 35-31. Here is some historic audio thanks to Kurt Gowdy from Super Bowl 13 between the Steelers and the Cowboys. And Super Bowl 13 is underway. On first down, Dorset gives it, fumbles, and the Steelers recover. He's going to throw again. He's lobbing a deep over. Touchdown. Over. Steelers ahead, 7-0, 4-28 in the first quarter. It's intercepted at the 15. D.D. Lewis at the 30, and Bradshaw threw a bad pass. Third down and six. Look out from behind. Fumble. That's the second Steeler turnover on third and nine. He lets it go. Tony Hill, the 20. He's in. Touchdown. It is a tie at the end of the first period. 10.40 to go in the first half. He's got his hand stalwart. He's at the 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. He's at the 20, 15, and he's in for the touchdown. 75 yards. 14, 14, 10.25 to go in the first half. Third and one. Close. Touchdown. Oh, Lord, touchdown. With 30 minutes or more to go, the Steelers of Pittsburgh lead the Cowboys of Dallas 21-14 in Super Bowl 13. Third and nine. Franco Harris puts it through. Harris scores! Franco Harris! There's a fumble! Pittsburgh has it, I think. Pittsburgh has the ball. He's going to throw. He's a swan touchdown. Lynn Swan touchdown. A little flipper out to Dupree, Dupree. Touchdown. And the Cowboys come right back. Two minutes and 27 seconds to go. The score is Pittsburgh 35 and Dallas 24. Third down and a yard to go. The pass touchdown. Dallas comes back with two touchdowns. And now, we'll be back for another onside kick. There it goes. Another one. Pittsburgh has it. They recovered it. The Steelers have won it. They had a great one in Super Bowl X. This was even better. Chuck Noll goes off. He has won his third Super Bowl title. 
There was Super Bowl 13 from Miami. That was Kurt Gowdy, the great Kurt Gowdy, bringing you those highlights of Super Bowl 13, won by the Steelers, 35 to 31. That's brought to you by Mid America Exteriors, your local experts in siding, windows, bathrooms, and more. Also, we have our story of the week, and it's brought to you by Farha Roofing. Whether it's a repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is a team for you. Call Farha Roofing or visit them, farharoofing.com. We rise above the rest. My story of the week this week, there was a couple of them within the last day or so that kind of made a mad dash uh, in trying to be my story of the week, including a Corn Ferry Tour golfer shooting a 57 yesterday. That narrowly missed. But my story of the week is uh, Monday's decision by the National Labor Relations Board regional manager ruling on the Dartmouth men's basketball team, and they could vote to form a union. It would mark the first time a labor union would consist of NCAA athletes. Uh, The decision changes... Decades-old designation from, quote, student-athlete, unquote, to student-employee, at least at Dartmouth. And that NLRB official decided the players should be compensated because of the labor they provide to Dartmouth. It's a private Ivy League school, just for full disclosure. Um, And as such, Dartmouth players, which don't get athletic scholarships, could collectively bargain for salary, working conditions such as practice times, and travel, too. Uh, Front Office Sports reported Dartmouth will appeal the ruling, setting in motion a process that could take years and lead all the way to the Supreme Court. But for now, that's another bit of a Achilles heel for the NCAA and its amateur amateurism model, which... As we know, that ship sailed quite a while ago. But the 15 players on the Dartmouth roster will vote to unionize in the coming days. Only a majority is needed for the players to formally ask to join Local 560 of Sports Employees Union. That would be eight of the 15. That union already represents some employees at Dartmouth. Such a vote could lead to a domino effect around the country. Domino, uh, Dartmouth, of course, in the Ivy League, a group of private schools who all have similar profiles. They don't offer scholarships, and by and large, their sports aren't big revenue producers. But to that NLRB official who focused on the work the athletes put in, didn't matter to him or her. There were a couple on the committee. Quote, players perform work in exchange for compensation. Unquote. That was Laura Sachs. On Monday, this uh, not the only time that a, a bunch of student athletes tried to form a union. Back in 2014, the NLRB rejected a unionization attempt by the Northwestern football players on the grounds that only some of the athletes on campus would be able to unionize. In this case, um, the Dartmouth basketball team got their wish. What will happen in the near future and what the definition of near future is, is up for some debate. But 
Monday's action could create a clear path to pay for play for NCAA athletes. Of course, you know about the emergence of NIL collectives. That's created a compensation system as these organizations try to get players to go to different schools. In that way, the Dartmouth situation would eliminate collectives if implemented nationally, as the schools would be the employer. Dartmouth players testified during the hearing that they spent more than 40 hours a week on their sport. The NCAA only allows 20. A Pac-12 study in 2015 showed that athletes in that conference spent more than 50 hours a week on their sport. So stay tuned as far as the unionization of Dartmouth basketball players and if it will spread and if it will eventually make NIL a here-today-gone-tomorrow entity. All right, there you go. There's my story of the week. It's brought to you by Farha Roofing. Whether it's a repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is team for you. Visit farharoofing.com. We rise above the rest. All right, when we come back, we need to make room and make some time for Major League Baseball umpire. That's right. Todd Tishner, Kansas native, will join. We'll have a lot of questions for him as he most recently was the home plate umpire for the All-Star game. Got plenty of questions to ask Todd Tishner. He'll be for a couple segments as he he has dropped by here at the Riverfront Stadium Studios and we'll Check in with him when we return. Also, mix in the Twitter question. It's brought to you by Wichita Furniture and Mattress. All that straight ahead. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Hello. I'd like to remind you, you basketball fans need to get ready because Sunrise Christian Academy visit Wichita and the Wichita Sports Commission proudly present the second, uh, second annual Air Capital Hoop Fest. It's February 15th and 16th. It's at the Garvey Center on the Friends University campus. It's a two-day boys basketball showcase featuring four of the top high school basketball programs in the country. Brace yourselves for a showdown of epic proportions as four of the nation's top high school hoop teams face off, Sunrise Christian Academy, one of the four teams participating in the event, other competitive basketball teams across the nation are going to be there, including Link Academy from Missouri, Veritas Academy from California, and Wasatch Academy from Utah. There'll be two evening games on both days. Adult single-day tickets are 10 bucks. Youth and student tickets, $7. Get tickets today by going to visitwichita.com backslash get-tickets. That's visitwichita.com backslash get-tickets. ESPN Bet is now live in Kansas as the official sportsbook of ESPN. 
ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Beware of the fog. You're a Swiss the Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. Wow! What ball movement! They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big time thundering slam! Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Saturday, the Jayhawks return home to take on Baylor. Coverage begins at 5 on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Missed this one yesterday. Vince Neal turned 62 yesterday. That's Wild Side, my Motley crew. It's 1240. Welcome back here on Friday. Shane and Jack with you. And you get to the Twitter question, and it's the it's finally the final of the final four. It's the movie tournament that we are gonna crown a winner at the end of the day. Today's Twitter question brought to you by Wichita Furniture and Mattress. That's your number one furniture store in Wichita. With more choices, more name brands, more selection, and more style all in one store. They have something for every budget and every room in the house, especially those man caves with recliners, couches, home audio, and theater systems. If you want more, go see why Wichita Furniture and Mattress is Wichita's number one furniture store. All right, the question today, it's the final four. Which of these movies would never be made today? Blazing Saddles, Porky's, Tropic Thunder, or Airplane? Still got plenty of time to vote and repost. It's uh, which one of these movies would never be made today? Blazing Saddles, Porky's, Tropic Thunder, Airplane. So far, Blazing Saddles, which is, by the way, the number one overall seed, 61.5% of the vote so far. All right, it's 1241, very special guest making a day uh, visit here to Riverfront Stadium. We welcome in 
uh, Kansas native and Major League Baseball umpire Todd Tishner dropping by. Todd, welcome. How are you? Good. I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always nice to be uh, looked at in a positive manner. And when you, you guys called and asked to come, it was it was awesome to say yes. Well, in the off season, everybody likes the umpires. You know, uh, <laughs> that's exactly. Right. <laughs> and I, I I gotta say, I have for a long time wondered about you guys' day to day life, which we'll get to here in a second. But I introduced you at the very top. As Kansas resident, I think it's, is it uh, incorrect to say Kansas native? Were you born in Nebraska? Is that what I understand? Born in Nebraska. Yep. Moved here when I was about uh, two, three, three, three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three or four. And uh, my dad got a uh, uh, high school football job in Holcomb, Kansas. And uh, we, we obviously probably couldn't find a house, I guess, in Holcomb. So we moved, we moved to Garden City, which is eight miles um, to the uh, east of Holcomb. And uh, married a girl from Holcomb, so that's why we moved over to Holcomb, and that's where I've been for the last 20 years. So Garden City, Western Kansas, that's uh, that's where I'm from. Okay, so growing up in Garden City, uh, talk to me about your involvement in athletics, and at what point did you branch off from that, if you did, and think about becoming an official, a referee, an umpire, and how did how did that uh, how that come about? How long ago? So. It's, since I was a little kid, uh, when I first met my wife, uh, we were married for 26 years now. But when I first met her, it was, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was a major league umpire. Wow. Uh, so I, you know, my dad ended up passing away two years after we moved into Kansas, uh, st- stomach cancer. And uh, he coached at Holcomb for two years. And uh, we had to find some other income, you know. So my mom worked a second job and supervised down at the ball fields. And so I went and did the concession stands and then I do the scorekeeping. And then I realized, Hmm, umpiring, you can make a little bit more money doing that. And so I was, you know, 13, 14 years old doing the men's competitive softball, one man, you know, U triple SA and having a good time. And, uh, it grew into a passion from there. And uh, I just went, wow, what, what, what can I do with this job? And so then I started looking it up and, and I saw that, uh, major league umpiring was a, a, a goal of mine from then on. I would ask you what's tougher, make it to the show as a player or an umpire, but it's probably 50-50. They're it, both pretty tough. It probably is, and you would probably say the opposite of me. Um, I say umpiring because it's a smaller percentage, and uh, we, you can't uh, skip levels like if you're a really good ball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put levels at you know, the minor leagues, every level, and then when you get to AAA, you start getting evaluated by the big leagues, obviously. Big league umpire Todd Tishner, my guest. Plenty of questions to get to, and keep them coming on the text line. If we uh, if they're make the cut, we'll read them on the air to Todd three one six two four seven zero nine two three. So you have a passion for being an umpire. Want to make it to the big leagues at a very young age? Did you also mix in? Basketball, were you a basketball official? Were you multiple sports too? Football? Yeah, yeah, did, uh, did everything. Uh, so I did my first high school varsity basketball game when I was a senior in high school. Wow. So I didn't play basketball my junior year, senior year, and I started refing. And, uh, obviously being in Western Kansas, it's a, a body thing. Sometimes I just need a referee. And, uh, I think I got a phone call that said, Hey, go to Moscow, Kansas. We need you to, uh, referee. So I was a senior in high school working my first varsity wow. game. Yeah. So I know back in the day, uh, I want to say, Harry Wendelstadt had umpiring school. Is that right? Yeah. And Harry. did you go to someone's school? And if so, whose? Yeah. So two two different schools at that time. It's kind of changed now. Um, so this was in 1999. Uh, two different schools. Harry Wendelstadt had a school and Jim Evans had a school. Jim Evans Professional Academy of Umpires. And I, uh, not knowing anything, um, just picked Jim Evans, you know, being from Kansas. Uh just kind of did some research, and I, I went to Jim Evans. And how old were you then? I was uh, 21, 20. Okay. Yeah, 20 years old. And where was that? Was that in Florida somewhere? Orlando, outside Orlando, okay. Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What all 
did you go there with equipped as far as knowledge wise and how much did they teach you and, and how did that go? What happens? That, what goes on at umpiring school? Well, I, you go in, I remember it vividly that day one thinking that you knew what you were doing, that I knew what I was doing. And I think it was about an hour in that I realized I had no idea what I was doing. Um, they break you down. They want you, Jim always put it as a, a, a tire. They want a brand new tire, not patchwork umpires. They don't want to put patchwork on you. So we want to teach you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We're going to build a foundation. We're going to build you up. And uh, we're going to teach you how to umpire. And uh, it's about a four, four and a half week process. And five weeks when I went, it's about four and a four and a half now. And uh, Major League Baseball took it over, so it's kind of different uh, controlled now. That uh, instead of being basically a private business by, ran by Major League umpires, Major League Baseball took it over. And they have their own uh, school now. And it's about four, four and a half weeks. And the crazy part about that is my uh, son, my oldest son, uh, was a kindergarten teacher in McPherson. Quit his job this year and went to umpire school. Wow. Got a job. So he's going to be in the minor leagues. And there's only been four sets. Harry Windelstadt has his son, Hunter, Hunter who yeah. runs the school now. Um, they still have their school open. Uh, they still run it. Uh, it's a little different with Major League Baseball running the other school. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's only been four sets of father-sons. Something that I've never even thought about doing, working with my son in the big leagues. Congratulations and good Thank luck you. with that. Thank you. Going back to the umpire school that you went to, how many of you went down there and how many of you survived? So that's a crazy story. So at that time, there were 150 students at each school. So about 300 students paid to go. Um, it's a grueling process. 17 of us got asked to go to uh, the minor leagues. And out of that 17 from both schools, 17 people. And out of that, uh, three guys got jobs. Um, so it's a, a very small percentage, uh, it, you know, to work your way up in the minor leagues. I, I, 14 years in the minor leagues, and now I'm getting ready to start my 15th year in the big leagues. 14 years. 14 years. Okay, take us through the stops. Where was first, where was last until you got to the big leagues? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was I was fortunate. I say fortunate because I was married and had kids at the time that I didn't have to sign up to go uh, in the winter bowl. So mm -hmm. I just uh, uh, started in the Pioneer League, uh, working my way in uh, Helena, Montana, Butte, Montana, just uh, driving from city to city um, every three games, every four games. Um, next year, Pi Pioneer League get promoted to the Carolina League. And from Carolina League to the Texas League. And that's where I really enjoyed it because of this process of where we're sitting right now. You know, I got to see my family. You know, those those times you're gone, you know, more than mm -hmm. anybody. You're gone for six months. And in the minor leagues, they don't pay you to go home. So I didn't get to come home. You know, um, my wife is a school teacher. She was the breadwinner, and we lived off of her. And so when I got to come to Wichita, um, it was a special moment to work here for the Wranglers, you know. So if if you say 14 years in the minors, yeah. there aren't 14 levels. So you didn't go up one every yeah. year. Where did you stay so, the longest? So two years in AA. And then once you get to AAA, that's when you start getting in the big league's hands. Um, I think I spent a total of probably six years, seven years of AAA. Because once you get there, it's about retirements. Mm -hmm. uh, they, you know, once you're, you know, the, you got to really, really um, mess up for them to basically fire you. They know that we're human. We, they, we are human. We're going to make mistakes. You know, we, 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 we're going to make mistakes. So they're not going to just fire you for making a mistake, you know. Um, so you got to have that retirement. And so six years, uh, I was going up and down. Uh, once you become a, a, a fill-in, that's when you start basically are evaluated by the big league guys and you just if they want you to come back the next year you just keep coming back because you can't give up that that job i was just getting ready to ask um six years in triple a and 14 years in the minor leagues i think you just asked answered the question but do you ever think about quitting it's like 
I need to do something else? Uh, you, a thousand times. You, you quit a thousand times. You're packed, ready to go home. And uh, that's where the support at home really helped. You know, uh, Kelly just, no, you know, you stick it out one more year, you know, and make them get rid of you. And then especially when you're going up and down and the big leagues filling in, we, we get what they call vacation time. I really don't like to call it vacation time because it's a mental break. You know, I mean, the players are home for half the season. And so, uh, you know, we, we're not home. We don't have a home. So we're in a hotel for seven months. And so that week off every seven weeks is uh, a mental break. It's really not a vacation for me. Um, but it's, uh, it's you know, physically taxing to do that. So it's nice to be home. Um, and in the minor leagues, when you're not making very much money and uh, things aren't going good and, and the only person that likes you in that city is your partner, um, yeah, you're ready to hang it up and pack many times. Todd Tishner, Major League Baseball umpire, joining us here on the show for a couple of segments. Uh, so two, two-man two crew back then in the minor leagues? Yeah, two-man all the way until double-A. And same same now, uh, trip, uh, double-A and triple-A, you get three-man. And now in triple-A, if you're not going up and down – so if there's some guys that aren't hurt and they're and the full-time guys are basically on full staff, the that up and down guy will go and join a four man in AAA. So they'll work some four man in AAA, and and that's obviously what you want to do. You want to work uh, uh, like you do in the big leagues. So you want to be you know working in the same spot as trying to get that job. About how many guys that you used to work with in the minor leagues have also made it to the big leagues? Three of us. Those, Three. Yeah, yeah. Those, you know, um, I've had you know guys above me and below me um, that are still my. You know, it's a fraternity, it, it, you know, and soon hopefully to be a sorority. Uh, both fraternity mm-hmm. and sorority. Um, you know, we're we're hoping that that's going to happen soon. But um, yeah, the three guys that the other two guys that were with me, um, we talk daily. We're in constant, you know, talking with each other. Um, they're we're we're family. Yeah. So before your, I guess, big league call-up, I guess, yeah. it works that way for yeah, umpires, exactly. too. Who called you? Yeah. Who, who called you and said uh, you need to be wherever yeah. uh, tomorrow? What was the, your first call to the show? Yeah, it was cool. It was uh, my 10-year wedding anniversary, um, Kelly, and uh, we had you know, we had saved all this money for, for them to come out to Vegas. Uh, Vegas had a AAA team. And so we were sitting in Vegas, and uh, we bring my mother-in-law out so she could babysit the kids, and we could, you know, Kelly and I could go hang out. And that night we were at a show, and I had to excuse myself because Richie Garcia's ah. name came up. So Richie was our boss at the time, and uh, uh, I owe him an instrument amount of, of things. He was an awesome person. He was hard. He was he was hard on you. And now I look back on it, and I'm glad he was. He was putting me, getting me ready for the for the big leagues. But uh, he called and said, "Hey, we need you to get to Dodger Stadium for tomorrow night." And I said, "I'm in." So we <laughs> uh, I, I called our at that time the. Kathy Davis is, I don't really, she's not more than a secretary. She was the boss. And Kathy said, you get there however you need to get there. I said, well, I have my family with me. Do you mind if I rent a van? And she said, do it. So I rented a van, got all the kids in, so I didn't have to pay for their tickets. And we all drove to Dodger Stadium. And, uh, and wow, it's been a whirlwind since. Not quite as glamorous prior to. You talked about two-man crew at the lower levels. Did you guys caravan? You guys go together? You're, obviously, you spend a lot of time with whoever your partner is. But hotel rooms, how'd all that go? Yeah, uh, yeah we're uh, in the same bed, in the same hotels. Yeah, in the same rooms. So, uh, you know, Chris Hamburg was my partner in the Pioneer League. He would one night he would get to call his girlfriend at the time from the hotel phone and i would go to the and i would go to the pay phone in the lobby you know and we i had an 800 number we didn't have cell numbers yep. so i had an 800 number i think it was like 10 cents a minute and i would just i would call home and check in uh it was grueling you know that's the only person that really is on your side wants you to you know 
to do good is your partner and that that, that matters you know two men in in a ball and working your way up and learning the system and really at that point it's you're learning how to get balls and strikes safes and outs fairs and fouls and now that i'm a little older i see that it's about dealing with situations you know seeing seeing how you can do you add fuel to the fire or do you can you put it out talking to todd tishner major league baseball umpire kansas resident joining us here on the show uh, we'll talk about his time in the big leagues here in just a little bit and the uh the special assignments that he's had uh all-star games wild card division lcs world series etc um your crew right now brian mcknight brian knight brian knight? tony randazzo alex tosi yeah that was my crew uh, last year okay yeah. mm-hmm. and now how consistent is that will they be your crew next year how's no. that go um so no they uh they at the most you'll see a, a, a full crew intact maybe two years in a row um and i don't know why they don't i've never really asked i just show up for work right and um so i believe that they want you to work with everybody because they want to see the good and the bad they want to see you learn what is good and learn oh i don't want to do it that way or i want to do it this way there's you know umpires you know it's just like life you can do anything a little different you know you challenge you and go different ways and so i think they want you to work with little you know different people so i worked with uh tony randazzo brian knight and alex tosi last year alex was a new hire and then tony and bk and i are uh basically all about the same level tony's a little older than us but uh, uh, level-wise, uh, work in baseball. And, and so it was just great to have two other basically veterans, you know, with me. And especially uh, I, I, I was named full-time crew chief. So at, last year was my first time. And so for, to have two veterans with me and let me grow in that aspect, you don't do much. As a, you, I, I'm a, I choose to be a servant leader, so I uh, am ahead of them. So instead of asking them to do it, I will do it. I'm not going to ask them to do anything that I don't want to mm-hmm. do. And so that's, uh, they let me do it. So by definition, uh, what's a crew chief do as opposed to what Brian, Tony, and Alex do with you? Yeah, um, you know, the first thing I want to, yeah, it's, I laugh at it, but it's, I'm the one that gets the phone call. Mm-hmm. You know? Of course, yeah. <laughs> So um, you'll see, uh, really, um, especially with me and most guys, it's, it's really, you're just tagged with that. You're the guy that's the representative that's dealing with rain situations, pulling the tarp. Um, if there's uh, ejections on the field, if your partners have the ejection, you know, it's my job to come in um, and put out that fire, not add fuel to the fire. And then if there's anything uh, uh, offhanded that needs to be taken care of, the office is going to call me and not them. So are we ever going to see one of these days on Twitter you instead of Tom Hallion from a couple of years ago in the Mets game? Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. That was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. Do I add fuel to the fire? Did I take some off? I thought Tom Hallion did that pretty well. He he was awesome. Um, I'm, you know, they aren't supposed to release that video. Yes, I, I figured that. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow that video got out, and um, because most of the times that those videos probably turn negative toward umpires, and that one turned out to be positive for him in my mind. Um, it showed situational handling. I mean, he handled that situation. And I think more than anything, it shows how hot-headed either the player or the manager can become and the things that you guys are faced with trying to calm them down, right? Yeah, yeah. that's you know, nobody you know, nobody really sees that aspect, you know. Um, and to, like that aspect of that certain situation, I'm sure it was just a, 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 boiling, point, a boiling point for other things that, you know, came up. Um, and so for that to, for him to, for that to come out and then to be in a positive light, at least for us, I'm sure it's still negative to other people, but, uh, you know, the, to watch him handle that and to work with him. I've worked with him plenty of games. Um, he was 
the most spectacular crew chief. He, I want to say laid back, but it mm-hmm. was do your job and he'll leave you alone. Do, you know, show up for work and do your thing. Can you stick around a little while longer? Heck yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be the top of hour number two. We'll talk more with Todd Tishner. MLB umpire, hour number one down, one to go. Shane Dennis Show. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.